Episode 13, Fireside Chat with Jason Hickey, Logo Bro, Part 1. Hey, it's Denny. I'm recording this intro on a Sunday of a weekend where I was supposed to be a dealer at the Chantilly Card Show. And I had to miss out, and I'm just really bummed about it because I had to miss it because I messed up my back and I've been trying to recover. And honestly, I wouldn't even bring this up had it not been for the effect it had on my hobby life. There was just so much content that I was ready to make, so many friends, you know, both real life and Instagram that I was going to see. And all I could do was just sweat the show while scrolling through Instagram and liking posts and commenting on posts while recuperating. But... The hobby waits for no man, woman, or child. Like I said in one of my earlier podcasts, episodes, the hobby is like your friends coming in one of their cars, and it's just a matter of do you get in or not. And at least this time, I was just too hard to get into the car. Another bit of uh, fun news. (laughs) I had some eBay sales end over the weekend, and I've been looking for these two specific cars I just cannot find. And it's just worse trying to even find them with a bad back much less, you know, just in general. So I know having another business day to find and ship them, but if I don't, this will be my first time having to cancel an order and that's just something I don't want to do. Um, You know, but these eBay sales, they're they're like, they're just dollars and cents and it's just such a grind putting up value bin cards. And even if they were better cards, we know that gross sales is not the same as net profit and that some of us would even be lucky to eke out a small net profit on any card, regardless of, the value after uh, fees and shipping. So being a jack of all trades and a master of none, I guess things like this are bound to happen um, because I will very much admit that the podcast has been taking up a lot of my hobby time, but it's also something I found to be the most rewarding. Some of you have reached out with such great support and encouragement, and I love that because I do the same with creators I appreciate, podcasters and you know, content creators on Instagram. I say give flowers to the living, you know, just show the love. I crave external validation, y'all. <laughs> Instagram handle hobby s Thompson or Denny underscore cards. Email is hobby s Thompson at gmail.com. And yeah, you know, now that I'm 13, lucky number 13 episodes in, I think I'm starting to hit my stride a little bit here. I don't know if you agree with that, but If you'd like to leave a review, this is the first time I'm asking, but please leave a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I would greatly appreciate that. I really, really would. Okay, so enough with that. Time to segue into the Fireside Chat. I put up a teaser for this episode on my Instagram, and I got some really funny and good guesses, but no one was able to guess exactly who it is, except A couple of people were close with guessing one of the three former owners of the LeBron James Triple Local Man from 2021 Flawless. Just not the right one. The amazing thing about having this great chat with Jason Hickey is that he was like a diamond in the rough. He had done two podcasts when he first pulled the card, or to be more specific, when he bought into a break where the breaker pulled the card for him, which we talk about. But even after being on the Netflix show, King of Collectibles, The Golden Touch, full title, no one had reached out to him 
to have him on as a guest of their podcast as far as you know as far as he told me so i was truly honored to have him on to talk about how he was one of the three owners of the card how that came to be how it was being on the netflix show and how he now has this strong connection with the other two previous owners of the card and we just talk about a bunch of things near the end like 90s basketball and just just nostalgia trip down memory lane stuff and um yeah, you know, just uh, how he has a strong connection with those owners and how they consider this, um, themselves Logo Bros. And so that's the nickname I gave him for this episode with his blessing. Uh, so it's Jason Hickey, Logo Bro. So I hope you enjoy this po- podcast episode and the next one, which should be part two of this Fireside Chat. <sighs> Thank you, as always, for taking a listen because you could be listening to any podcast right now, but you're here with me. And in a few seconds, you're going to be here with Jason Hickey and, and myself. And I really got to say, thank you so much. I appreciate your listens and your comments and feedback. So without further ado, Fireside Chat with Jason Hickey, Logo Bro, part one. All right, I think we're live. Welcome to the Card Diary with Hobby S. Thompson. I am your host, Denny Cards. And when I say I don't know which number episode this is at the time of recording, um, I'm actually serious. I don't know uh, which when I'm going to run this because I've encountered a problem and it's a good one. And it's that I've had so many great guests who are willing to come onto this new podcast and share their experiences and expertise and be vulnerable. And... Um, before I get to my guest today, I another pro- potential problem I'll share with you, uh, the listeners, and, and I've mentioned this to my guests uh, before coming on, is if you hear anything in the background, it's because my wife asked me if she could do a load of laundry in this uh, vaunted podcast studio, which is my basement. <laughs> and I said, yes, we could squeeze it in. But the cycle is taking a little bit longer than expected. But I do promise everyone I will not be stopping the podcast to put the wash into the dryer. So uh, and if you don't hear anything, that's good. Uh, it just means that my blue Yeti is uh, canceling the noise really well. So having said those two things, um, today's guest is very special because I know that there is no such thing as being an expert buyer into uh, buying into breaks. But if there was... I want someone to name me a better person to have on the pod than someone who pulled a LeBron James triple logo man and was featured on the Netflix hit show King of Collectibles. Okay, so for those of you who already watch the show, you'll know who he is. My wife says he was the best dressed one of the three owners, the sharply dressed gentleman on the right hand side of your TV screen when they were talking to Ken Golden. My guest today is Jason Hickey. Jason, welcome to the pod. Denny, thanks for having me, man. And uh, I'm already, I want to be best friends with your wife. What a compliment. <laughs> she knows her style. She, you know, she loved the show uh, when it came, you know, she doesn't really like cards too much, but when it came to like the music items and the pop culture items, uh, she really enjoyed the show. And uh, she really enjoyed the part when I was like, all right, you got to watch this. This is so cool. Um, but she did. And she humors me. And, uh, but she's very supportive of me being the hobby. Um, including doing the laundry. So thank you. 
Thank there you, you to my wife. Uh, so, like Jade, I'm in a, a t-shirt. I should be dressed up for you. I, yeah, I'm in a t-shirt too. Um, it's all good. I mean, you know, uh, this this podcast will not have the the viewership of this show. Um, I could say that with uh, the utmost confidence. <laughs> so, um, we're gonna definitely get into your involvement in the show and anything you're able to say. And if you signed anything that where you you know NDAs or things you can't talk about, you know you know, please feel free to let me know where the boundaries are. Um, but you are um, my fifth guest on this podcast at the time of recording this. And I appreciate every single person who's who's been on so far. But I feel like you're especially unique to me because when I was asking you by DM to come onto the pod, you told me that you did two podcasts around the time that you pulled the card last year, but that since the airing of the show on Netflix, no one has reached out to you. So in a way, I feel like I pack pulled you and like you're you're my one of one. So I, I you know, sometimes I'm like, how, how is this even possible? So um, I'm just so glad to have you on tonight. Thank you, man. Happy to be here. And uh, yeah, it's uh, the popularity went away pretty quickly. Let's put it that no, way. No way. No, no, no. All right. Well, we'll talk about that and and just the, the zeitgeist of sports uh, hobby and all that. Um, so in my show prep note email I sent to you that I sent to everyone, no one no one reads my emails, no one responds to, to, to my emails, they'll respond to the DMs, but my emails I think are just way too long. Um, so let's take some time to talk about your backstory because I don't have like a bio to read uh, about you or, or for you. Um, I think on one sh uh, one podcast, one of the two that I heard you on before this, uh, before the Netflix show ran, you mentioned that one of the first people you spoke to after pulling the card was your daughter. I, I think I heard that right. And uh, so my, I guess my first question in getting to know you more is, you know, do you collect with your kids? Like, uh, you know, and, and like, how's your father's day? Things like that. Cause we are recording this two days after father's day. Yeah, no, great question. I have uh, yeah two fantastic kids. So my daughter is 12 years old. Her name is Callan and my uh, son is soon to be 16 next month. His name is Riley. And uh, you know, we watch a ton of sports together. I coach a bunch of, uh, well, I used to coach a bunch of their different teams. I still coach my daughter's basketball team. Mm. Um, you know, I would say my son is definitely a little bit more into collecting uh, yeah. than my daughter is, but uh, she certainly understands it and is always asking me about it. And uh, my son and I got, you know, a little bit uh, more into sneakers back in the day, more than uh, sports card collecting, but uh, I've always been into collecting overall. Awesome. So you got that collector's gene in you and you've passed it on down to your kids, huh? That's right. It seems to be the case. I was just shipping out uh, sneakers this morning that uh, my son sold on eBay. Details. Tell me what, what kinds, what type. He sold, uh, they were both Jordans, uh, Jordan three. I think they were midnight blues and then, um, a pair of Jordan ones. And I can't remember, uh, exactly what they were. So again, um, just taking this to the side and not going down the, the, the normal traditional route of my questions. Cause this is more of a chat. So my nephew, my, my wife's, um, sister's son, he is such a sneakerhead and he's actually setting up these shows and he is like a middle schooler and he is just crushing it. I mean, his volume and sales and profit are like they leapfrog me in the in the hobby. And I'm just so impressed by him. And um, he's been on, you know, some of my Instagram lives, you know, I'm not showing his face and anything like that, but like just more of like talking and streaming and opening up packs for me. And 
I think it's just wonderful because I mean, he is, he's not even the next generation of collector. He, he is the current like hustle and grind and, you know, uh, you know, he's not just like a flipper either. He collects him and he loves him. And I'm just like, man, I, I am like three times your age and I can't afford your collection. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I've been to uh, a sneaker con before. And like you said, I mean, the, uh, you know, the average age of the individuals that are there, um, it's extremely young, right? So the fact that these kids are out there hustling is uh, fantastic. Yeah, some of them. I think they might even put the kids who have the Zion cases with like slaps to shame uh, with the with these sneakers we're talking about. I mean, I don't know how much the ones that you just talked about sold for, but my um my nephew is like telling me, yeah, this is like a I don't even know Travis Scott or Cactus Jack. I don't know. I I don't know these. Oh yeah. Grammy, the Grammys are the one the the one word show that makes me feel the oldest. It's like Oscars. I can be. I'm okay with and. You know the the other award shows I'm okay with, but like when it comes to music, I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm so old. So um, they're selling for like several thousand dollars or even more, and I'm just like, they're so limited edition, and wow, it's, it's, it's just amazing. incredible. Yeah, so that's great. So uh, you also said you, that you coach your daughter's basketball team. That's awesome. Like I coach my son's basketball, both my kids' basketball teams. They're they're ten and eight, and it's just it. I mean, I imagine it's it. You you feel that it's like super rewarding to do that, right? It's amazing. I mean, I coach my son, uh, you know, for the longest time, and now that he's in high school, um, that's not happening any longer. But mm -hmm. yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's uh, it's just such a fun experience, right? And uh, you know, it's uh, the fact that I still get to do it for a couple more years with my daughter is uh, fantastic. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure this this quote will resonate with you. But, uh, you know, when you're parenting, it's the classic. The days are long and the years are short. Right. So true. It's yeah. unbelievable how fast it goes. And no matter who you tell that to. Right. If, uh, you know, new father, new mother, it's uh, it, it's hard to make it resonate. But it's amazing how quick it goes. Yeah, it really does. So how, how did you enjoy your father's day before we get into uh, the, 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 the card and the show and all that? Yeah, it was fantastic. I had a uh, a lot of downtime. I uh, I made a last minute decision to send uh, my daughter to the Taylor Swift concert in uh, in Pittsburgh for the weekend. So, uh, you know, based upon that travel, I was actually home alone for a decent amount of time on Father's Day. But uh, I couldn't have asked for more. Went and took a golf lesson and uh, came home, relaxed, watched some golf and, uh, you know, then hung out with the fam later on, which was great. So that's that's where some of the money from the triple logo man is going towards Taylor Swift, I guess. Yeah, based upon the cost of the tickets, I would have. To <laughs> so you said Pittsburgh. So are you guys in that area? I guess I don't even know what area of the country you're in. So I'm in New York. Um, okay. I was born and raised in New York. It just so happened that I missed the opportunity to uh, get the tickets for Taylor Swift at uh, MetLife or MSG in New York. Yeah. So. Pittsburgh was uh, the next closest option. And then after that, T Swifty is on the move out West. So the, that ultimately wasn't going to happen. That is uh, so true. Well, I, I hope uh, she had a great time and um, she go with like your, your wife or like a group of girlfriends or something like that. Her, yep. Her mom, her cousin, and um, my sister-in-law. Man, is, that's, that's a lot of tickets, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I, I uh I didn't have to get all four, which was okay. good. Okay. Yeah. 
No, that's awesome. So you are in the New York area. I do have to ask because, you know, I'm a Queens boy or I grew up in Queens and I've talked about that in this pod. But which area of New York are you in the city? If so, which borough or out of uh, out of uh, the city? Yeah. So I was born and raised in upstate New York. So in Albany, the capital. And uh, right now I live in Westchester. So, you know, call it 30 minutes north of Manhattan. But uh, I work in the city. So spend a lot of time in Manhattan. Awesome. And that actually brings me to the next question, which was, I remember on the show, it said the, the Chiron in the bottom, the graphic said like, you know, Jason, high tech sales. So my, my very clever podcast question was, uh, how high, how high was this tech and how, and how high were the sales? Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been in technology sales basically since right out of college, which was 1998. So I'm giving away my age there for everybody here. <laughs> uh, that's okay. But uh, yeah, always been in technology sales, mainly on the individual contributor side for a long time. And uh, over the past eight to 10 years, I've been on the sales management side. So I work for uh, a cloud security and cloud compute company. I've been with the same company, uh, Akamai Technologies, for about 16 years now. So Fantastic company. It's been an amazing run and uh, don't have one bad word to say about it. That's for sure. Awesome. Well, I I'm not too old to, you know, ask what cloud computing is. And I'm not that old where I'm, you know, raising my fist and shaking at the clouds. But I I remember watching the movie Creed. I think I I don't know when it was, but I think it was pre-pandemic. And uh, there was this one scene where Michael B. Jordan's like, you know, doing something with his phone, getting getting the 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 data or information. And, you know, he tells Rocky, oh, it's in the cloud. And, you know, Rocky's like, what? Uh, you know, <laughs> like the classic thing. I don't know if you've see, seen that movie, but oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, cloud computing. That's awesome. So you um, are uh, a collector. Clearly, you you've uh, c- can I ask you, how long have you uh, been in the hobby? Have you always been in the hobby? Did you return after hiatus? Like you and I are very similarly aged um, in terms of like the time you graduated. And I like to tell people I'm a man, I'm 40. I, got, I only have like three more months of that because my wife is like, I cannot wait until you turn 41. So you stop seeing that in the house. There so, um, so um, yeah, tell us uh, a little bit about like your collecting journey and like, you know, if you took some breaks along the way. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think it started at a pretty young age. Um, definitely, you know, I would say probably when I was about 10 years old, it definitely picked up when I was in uh, in my teens. I actually had a great opportunity to uh, work for a gentleman when I was younger um, that ran a, it was actually a video store, right? So you'd go and you'd rent your videos like a blockbuster, but on the okay. side, he actually had a little bit of a, uh, you know, collectible store, as part of uh, that particular store. So I had the opportunity to work there. Um, he was a fantastic mentor and he took me to all the local shows. My dad passed away when I was very young, when I was eight years old. So, mm. you know, he became a, uh, a father figure to me and then uh, brought me to a ton of shows. And that's really where it all started. Wow. That is, um, that's really awesome. So you had like a dad figure, dad like figure in your, in your, in your life. Um, and, and it's been a while, but, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to hear that, that your dad passed. And, um, you know, I imagine Father's Day has a special uh, meaning, more, especially more meaning to you than perhaps. For sure. Yeah, yeah. there's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, I, I pretty much, you know, growing up, always wanted to be a dad. Um, in, in particular, I was uh, 
I was lucky enough to have a son first, right? And that was always something that uh, I really cherished. And now that I have, you know, a son and a daughter, it's uh, it's amazing. But you're right; it absolutely has that uh, extra special meaning for sure. Uh, I what you just said resonates with me because I think when I was a kid, I. I wanted to be a dad too. I was just like, I can't wait to be a dad. And a lot of it was like, I can't wait to not do what my parents do, but <laughs> you know, but no, I, I, you know, I loved kid. you know, before I had kids, I loved kids. I, you know, I coached youth soccer, even though I wasn't really good at soccer or not that I'm even good at basketball and I'm coaching my sons. But, you know, I think when there's such a need for coaches, cause you know, some parents, they, don't, they just want to stand, uh, they, they don't want to uh, step up. They just want to like say, okay, coach my kid so I can, yell at you and yell at the refs and just enjoy spectating. And it's like, no, like chip in, chip in. That's so true. So, oh man. Um, but no, uh, blockbuster. That's, that's another interesting thing. Uh, given that, um, what was it? It's such a nineties thing. Right. And it's like, now it's gone. But, um, what was that movie? It was a Marvel movie. Maybe it was called Captain Marvel, but like she, um, and I forget now I'm forgetting the actress's name because we're just talking about it right now. But she just like lands on Earth and like it's in this blockbuster. And I'm just like right. classic, perfect 90s. Um, I'm sure whoever's listening is just like yelling it as they're like running on a treadmill or something like that. Oh, yeah. So my apologies on that. Um, all right. So um, I think we did your bio, brief bio, some justice. We're at the 15 minute mark. I think people who are tuning in who read the the title where I'll say it's, you know, actually, I got to figure out, let's do this before I get into that. I usually have like a nickname or a way to describe my guest. Um, I had a heart. I mean, you know, it's easy to be like, you know, owner of the triple logo man or LeBron. Like, what do you think? What would you like for your nickname to be for this uh, podcast title or episode oh, title? Man. That's a tough one on the spot. I can't even, yeah. uh, I don't know if I'm that creative to come up with something like that. That's I, should have for asked sure. I should have asked you beforehand. Um, like Logo Man, I don't know. Maybe maybe near the end of the uh, episode, we'll, we'll revisit it. But so let's turn I, I to- say, Sorry yeah. to cut you off. No, I no, 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 go ahead. The, the two other gentlemen that uh, I was lucky enough to hit the card with, you know, we came up with uh, an instant chat group of logo bros. So logo that's bro. the, we started that for a while. So maybe logo bro out of the gate, even though I no longer own the card. Right. So, you know what, though, you were the beneficiary of the sale of that card, a one thirds. So it's perfect segue. Let's get into it. Um we are actually, because I did a little bit of research on this, we're com we're actually coming up almost on the exact one-year anniversary of the sale of the card, I think. Um, at least the article that I found was June 25th. We're recording this on June 20th. Um, was that when the card was sold? Like, how, like, when was it pulled? Tell me, you know, take me back to the moment the card was pulled and, and, and everything that happened after that. Yeah, it was, if I'm not mistaken... It was May 6th of 2022, which was a Friday evening mm -hmm. um, that, the, you know, we pulled the card and then quickly thereafter, I mean, it was a whirlwind how, you know, fast uh, we ultimately came to the decision to, you know, sell it through Golden. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. I, I want to say, you know, end of June was pretty close to when uh, it all went down. I remember uh, laying in bed watching anxiously as those uh you know final bids were coming in and then extended bidding to see what it ultimately <laughs> ended up 
Oh man, extended bidding is so awesome. I've I've definitely been in that situation. Um, as a buyer, not as an, well as a seller too, but nothing uh nothing to to your uh degree. Um, that that must have been so exciting. So we we teased it or we've mentioned it a little bit. So as the pres as the before we get to the actual pull by backyard and all that, um, I just wanted to for some people who may be confused, uh, you were presented on the show as a one third owner. So my understanding is. You bought into a break, and you were you. I think you you might have owned the the Cavaliers and the Browns, like it was a mixer team, right? That's correct. Yeah. So it was basketball and football mixer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I happened to pull the Browns, which equated to the Cavs. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then so the other two owners, they had two other teams in the break, and you had no idea who they were, or were you previously friends with them? He <laughs> Didn't know them at all. We became uh, fast friends that evening and uh, from that point on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. So the reason I ask is uh, I don't think this happens very often, but I know some people have like fractional ownership in cards where they pull together money. So you didn't pull together money to get into this break. You you just kind of were sitting in your home like everyone else was and all individually bought you know either one team or multiple teams but i mean do you remember how much that um spot went for yeah i do i think so that evening i was in for two teams so i also had the memphis grizzlies at the time um but the browns at the time i think it was like 13 1400 mm. um, you know when i ultimately got to that team Amazing. So the Grizzlies, I would imagine, were associated with the Tennessee Titans. Would that be right? Something that is like correct. That? Yeah. And I was All pretty right. pumped then because, you know, John Moran at the time, right? He's, yeah. He was that, uh, you know, I've PC'd before and, uh, you know, he still has some amazing cards coming out of Flawless. So uh, it, it was a good, good scenario. And, th and that is all we will say about Mr. Morant for now. That's um, right. <laughs> so um, when it comes to this break, this wasn't random team. This was pick your team. You chose to have the Browns and the Titans. No. Random. Completely random. <laughs> which which makes it uh, even more interesting. Woo. Um, do you remember what the football product was? I, that wasn't a question that I had, but I, I'm just so curious because we're talking football teams here too. You like know, the flawless briefcase was one, of course. Like correct. Um, I don't recall, although you know the big chases at the time were certainly Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, right. kind of that whole QB rookie right. class, right? right. Um, but I don't remember specifically what uh, football product was in the break. Gotcha. All right, all good, all good. Um, so do you do you still keep in touch with the other two owners? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have like similar PC lanes and all that? You know, it's funny. I would say um, Cop is, you know, a little bit, he's more my age um, and he's a, you know, big basketball guy. So we, you know, from the, you know, legendary Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, like we, we had that in common. And then um, King Mitz, who is, not significantly younger, but definitely younger than us, right? Has uh, has some different folks that he PCs. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so one one unassuming Friday evening in May of 2022, there you are in your home, the comfort in your home. You are uh, break. Uh, you are buying into a break with backyard breaks on whatnot, correct? And 
um you are i mean just bring us to that that evening if you could please yeah and it's you know i had been breaking with backyard for a little while right and uh most specifically with jmo who's you know one of their uh, more famous breakers or more popular um and and had built a pretty good relationship with jmo and that team um and that evening you know at the time I don't know how many flawless cases were remaining, right? But the the chase was pretty hot at the time. And I think cases were, you know, in the 40K range um, when they started off, you know, 18K, you know, when they first released, right? So so the hunt was on. But, you know, when I got into that break, I'm a big basketball fan. So, you know, any cards coming out of flawless at that time, I was pretty happy with, I mean, I didn't Mm -hmm. ever think that, you know, I was going to be part of pulling the uh, LeBron triple logo man by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, that night when, uh, you know, the Browns came out and I knew I had a shot at it, um, it it was very exciting because JMO, you know, was hinting that, you know, he Mm -hmm. had dreams about it. This was the time. And, um, you know, as we went through the break and then he got to, uh, you know, the two in case cards it uh, he did a very good job of selling it and uh, certainly making us believe. And uh, lo and behold, it happened. And uh, I was in complete shock, as you can imagine. Dream dreaming about cards. I would I would never do that. That has never, never. happened to me. That's right. Oh my gosh! I just had a guest on um, my my best card friend actually, and we were talking about nightstand cards. Like there's some cards that are just so amazing and pretty and like grail basically like grail cards where you just want to like see look at it the last thing you look at before you go to sleep and the first thing you look at when you wake up and it was a great conversation but I, you know I, like this one is is starting off so well too um so jmo backyard um you said you had been collect so this is one of my questions i had maybe near the end that i wrote here but so why let's make the case a little bit for and no pun intended but with the word case but um, let's make the case for buying into breaks, like uh, for some maybe some of our newer listen um, people who are newer to the hobby who may be listening to this. Um, you know, I don't I, I don't expect us to define every term and all that, but like you know, there's um, why do you choose breakers over you know ripping a wax at, by yourself at home? Yeah, it, it's funny, right? Because I do both. I certainly uh, go to my local shop and and will buy wax and rip it on my own. Um, I, I've kind of pulled back from that a little bit, and now I've been focused more on the PC. But you know, for to go in and break with breakers, you know, you have the opportunity to hit such massive cards at a lower price point. Now, it all depends on hey, what type of breaks you're trying to get into, right? If you're trying to get into a flawless break then you can expect the price point to be a little bit higher. Um, Mm -hmm. But ultimately you can get into some, you know, lower cost breaks and you have the opportunity to hit some massive cards, right? So rather than going out and buying that full box or full case of wax, um, it can be a little bit more economical, right? I think the the challenge is breaking is addicting. If anybody (laughs) tells you that it's not, they're Mm -hmm. blatantly lying to you. And some people, Mm -hmm. maybe they have more control than I do. But, uh, you know, once you get into the game, it's uh, it's very difficult to pull back from it again, in my opinion. So would you say that's also the the drawbacks of breaks that they can be very addicting? I mean, you you won the lotto, I mean, in in, in many ways. Um, and yet 
I, I don't know if like actual lotto winners continue to play the lotto, but like it's also really different, I guess, because it's lotto isn't like collectibles. Like, I mean, but you love cards, you want to keep buying in, you receive this large lump sum, um, and but and and you've put it back into cards, right? I mean. Absolutely. I mean, a majority of the money, you know, went towards the kids' college funds, right? I okay. was uh, was smart about that, but there was good, definitely good. Uh, dollars that I allocated towards, uh, you know, my collection and ultimately what I wanted to continue to do. Fiscal responsibility, super important. Um, right. I say this when I'm a, I'm not like a real breaker because I don't do it nine to five. I have my own like, you know, like actual day job, and I'm not like I'm having fun in the hobby. And breaking is kind of like this whole hobby S. Thompson thing where I'm trying to do different things in the hobby and just learn and get to experience what it's like to be a breaker. So my, um, I guess my uh, the the thing that I want to say was like, I do in a way get the like i understand like how it goes with breaking and how hard it can be before the break uh, before the stream during the stream after the stream and so um but i also like worry i mean like i i want everyone to hit and maximize their value but i know not everyone's going to do that um i do genuinely feel bad when buyers get completely skunked which i guess is a term that we can explain which is like you get nothing yeah. um have you have you ever gotten skunked plenty of times Okay. Right. And and I think, you know, it goes back to your previous point of I think you get comfortable um, or build relationships with certain breakers. Right. And mm -hmm. when they identify that, you know, you are investing or spending money, um, there are some breakers who do a really good job of mm -hmm. ultimately trying to at least soften the blow as it relates to being skunked. Right. Mm -hmm. Where hey, maybe they'll throw you, you know, a free box or, you know, a card here and there or. Mm -hmm you know, give you the opportunity to buy into another break at a discounted price. Um, so I, I think some breakers do a very good job of that. Backyard was always, you know, very good to me that way. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they do that to individuals, um, you know, who ultimately invest in them too. But that said, I've mm -hmm. seen them give away plenty of items to, uh, you know, new time buyers as well. All right. So before this becomes a complete sponsorship, uh, we've we've now unofficially become sponsored by Backyard Breaks and whatnot. Um, I, I've actually talked about breakers or breaking or buying into breaks in, in a previous podcast episode. And I, I wanted to get your take on this because I don't I don't want to presume that I know everything about the hobby because I really am still trying to learn in poker parlance or in, in the poker world. There is this word whale and. A whale is someone who, in, in poker terms, it's it's actually like not good to be the whale. You're almost like the mark, or you're like the you're the patsy, and you're the one who's going to splash a lot of money but lose all that money. Like the sharks, or the sharps, sharps and sharks are looking to take the whale's money. Um, some people, I think, are okay with that term in the hobby, but some people are not. And I just kind of wanted to get a sense from you, like, what do you think about the term whale? You know, I, I don't like it, quite frankly, um, and and I don't even consider myself a whale by any stretch of the imagination, right? Okay. Hey, I've worked very hard, and if you have the means to buy into breaks and you can do it, then so be it, right? There are mm -hmm. other individuals, plenty of names that are known out there. I won't name them because I yeah, don't yeah. want to be right. named, right? Right, right. Um, but plenty of people, certainly, you know, through the LeBron Triple Logo Man chase that were you know, significantly bigger whales mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we're spending a tremendous amount of money, right? In, uh, yeah. In, so I, I don't love the term. 
Let's put it that Good. way. No, no. I and, and I'm with you. I, I don't like the term either, but I know some people are okay with it. And I was like, well, you know, let's talk about it some more. I think it's good for us to kind of talk about terms and what they mean and like really dive into it. Like, you know, there's, uh, again, I didn't plan on talking about this, but, you know, um, there, there's this term like junk, junk, junk wax era 2.0, junk logo men, uh, that cage lawyer uh, who, who's a podcaster and, you know, content creator has talked about. And um, I mean, maybe we do talk a little bit about junk, junk logo men and if that's a real thing. But um, I think it's important for us to kind of, you know, not assume that we all are talking about the same thing um, and that we all understand each other. Because sometimes we can just talk past each other, not really get what people are saying. So, yeah. so yeah, I don't, I don't like the term either. Um, I think maybe then, because you and I have never been in the same break. I've never, you know, been in a break where you're in the chat, I'm in the chat. So I imagine if you don't consider yourself a whale, you you are pretty selective when you buy. Like you, you're like almost like you're you're watching which teams are left, and you're you're actually like paying attention. Because I know some people who don't like, yeah, whales. They just they just buy anything in front of them, and and it's okay because they can absorb it, or they maybe can't, and and that's where the problems are. But would you say that when you're in a stream that you like pretty are pretty focused on what's what's available, what's selling, what's not, all that? You know, I, I would say it's been a learning process. Right. It's, uh, you know, I used to buy into breaks where not even understanding, you know, what was a quality product, mm. right, versus what is now. Yeah. So over time, I've definitely gotten more diligent about that. There were times when, hey, I would just jump into a break because of the adrenaline rush that you get from it. Right. Yeah. It's no different. Like you gave the poker example of, hey, being at a blackjack table, right, doubling down or whatever you're going to do in that situation. And I also think, you know, what I've seen it become is it, it's almost like the people who have really big egos mm -hmm. just want to show that they have a really mm -hmm. big ego mm -hmm. and they will just outbid anybody and mm -hmm. put as much money on the table so that people know, hey, I have money. And to me, listen, I'm, <laughs> I again, I'm not a whale. I'm in it, you know, and I got into it because I like doing it. But mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of that, too. That sounds crazy. Uh, people in the hobby trying to out ego each other or outdo each other and show that they're the biggest uh, alpha alpha behavior, toxic masculinity in the hobby. That's that's impossible. They're, Shocking, uh, right? Yeah. Um, it, you know, I mean, uh, women in the hobby can do that as well. But I mean, Absolutely. yeah, when, when I think about the the these these ego matches, yeah, that's exactly what I'm kind of thinking about is that just the person who just wants to show it or establish dominance over everyone else and sounds like a very pyrrhic victory to me um but that's just my opinion um and so quite frankly that yeah. that's what led me to you know look across the entire landscape and consider you know other breakers as well mm. right and i established some really great relationships based upon that um just over time getting into different breaks and, uh, you know, meeting certain people, trusting certain individuals. So mm -hmm. it definitely has uh, evolved. Well, that's interesting. I mean, let's talk about that before we get to the show then. Um, King of Collectibles on Netflix, neither being, neither an official sponsor. But um, you recently, and I'm sorry, I missed it only until the near the end when, it, when they did the hit recap. But is it okay if we talk about you doming the, the flawless? Is that? Sure. I know we, yeah, okay. So... 
recently, and I think it was maybe Father's Day or maybe the day, the, some sometime during the weekend. Was it Sunday? I, I did treat myself on you Father's Day. All right. Yes. My, selfish, okay. my selfish move. So um, we you had domed an entire case of 21-22 Flawless Basketball on Instagram Live. And um, let's just get into details. I mean, you you broke with break. No, actually, you you tell me because I don't want to get their name wrong. Uh, but what made you go with that breaker uh, group and tell us how the break went? I mean, I saw, but I want to hear how how you felt like it all went. The experience. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, my really good friend, um, my buddy Greg Muller, got me into breaks. Um, you know, during COVID, and he had introduced me to breaks of God, and ultimately that was the first group that I started breaking with. Um, great guys, you know, based in Canada. And uh, that's where it all started for me, right? So on Father's Day, I ultimately did end up uh, doming the case of uh, this year's Flawless with uh, with those guys. Amazing. And I see your cat there. Uh, my, my puppy will not be making an appearance, but beautiful black and white cat for those who are on the audio only. Um, what, what, and, and I, and I am a dog guy versus a cat, but, uh, you know, when you have kids, those things change, right? So not much you can do about that. I know what you mean. Did, never grew up with a dog and then pandemic puppy. That's, yeah. I totally get that. What's your cat's name? Uh, that's Callie in the background there. But my, my dog Ivy, if, uh, she were in this room would be chasing the cat out of here. That's for that's sure. That's hilarious. So my, again, just to mention my, my best card friend, uh, who I, recorded with yesterday on on juneteenth uh before today um in between today and father's day his dog's name is callie so that's amazing that's absolutely what a coincidence so you had had this case domed for you in the entire case on instagram live um i how did you how did you feel about it (laughs) the the break let's First of all, the, the breaks of God guys are amazing. I mean, they they certainly tried to work out, uh, you know, a good deal with me. It's a case that they had had for a little while. Um, and a lot of the big, you know, logo men cards had been hit. Right. So um, it, they were great to me from that perspective. Um, you know, there's no way that I made my money back in that particular break, but that's OK. Um, you know, the Steph Curry uh, gold USA auto at the end certainly helped us recover a little bit. And, uh, you know, certainly some great Hall of Fame autos, you know, came out of the case, but no big, you know, real uh, true RPAs of any of the hot rookies or anything along those lines. But it's all risk reward. I know that. And I know that uh, ultimately those guys have nothing to do with it. Right. Right. It always cracks me up when this, you know, concept of juice boxes come out and how (laughs) certain breakers get certain products and, you know, those type of things. But, um, yeah, I. I, I can't complain about it, right? It's it's legalized gambling in the form of, uh, like you mm-hmm. said, going in the casino. You know what you're getting into it if you uh, budget accordingly, and the outcome is what it is. Yeah, the the legalized gambling aspect. It's again, I, I mentioned this in my episode yesterday, and I keep I'm sorry to keep alluding to it, but it's so fresh in my mind that uh, Fanatics, uh, the CEO, not not Michael Rubin, but the the head of the card. Uh, division fanatics collectibles i think his name is mark or mike mahan but he his whole goal is to or they said that what they want the pipeline to be is 
for sports fans to become sports card collectors and then to become sports car uh, sports betters and i'm like cards are already such gamble to to want to convert people into actual you know gambling on money lines and 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 uh, and all that is just for me again personally i'm just just not i used to do a lot of poker i never really got into sports gambling but already cards are a gamble that i just don't see myself getting into you know sports gambling but yeah it is it's absolutely it's legalized gambling um getting into breaks especially yeah um so you and this is not a uh official sponsor or talking about breaks of god but I, my understanding of them because they are in canada and shipping can be kind of like tricky apparently for, from what i heard i don't know if it's true but they will actually cross the border to ship so that people can get their stuff in a timely manner and not have to deal with um you know the the delays when it comes to international shipping and if that is the case that's really that's dedication that's really impressive they certainly have gone above and beyond from a customer service perspective there's no you know, hidden fees there. Um, it's all built into, you know, the price that you pay for the break. And uh, yeah, and their shipping's fantastic. I mean, they, uh, I always get the cards, you know, on time in amazing condition. So they're definitely doing it right. It's amazing to me that they don't have a larger following. Mm. You know, I mean, they're technically, they're not on whatnot. Um, mm. They do a lot of, you know, IG live. So maybe right. they would get to certainly more views if they went a different route. But um yeah, they, they, they take care of their customers. That's for sure. It's interesting. Yeah, I, I've not bought into them, uh, you know, with with my own uh, funds, but I that's awesome. I mean, I'm glad that you were able to find breakers that you trust because trust is so important. Transparency, trust, uh, integrity, um, entertainment, value like these are all things that, are, that make for a good breaker, right? It, there's no doubt about it, right? It's almost like I probably have three or four now that I'm consistent with or have been. Mm -hmm. um, and I almost feel a little bad sometimes, right? And I, I joke about that with uh, certain breakers like, hey, don't be upset that I'm over here buying, but uh, I certainly try and spread the love. There's no doubt. Oh my gosh, that's that's amazing. Uh, I, I love to hear it. Um, so I am a break. I actually broke uh, and I and I pulled a uh, Desmond Ritter one of one RPA from Select for nice. someone who bought like a one pack, not even a box, not even a break. We we're selling uh, single packs out of a box, and they um, they hit it out of like you know one pack, and I was just like, oh my gosh, wow! It's I was very happy for the individual, and then so. Mm -hmm.